Want to put your players into the thick of a simply presented but ultimately complex social conundrum that leaves them scratching their heads trying to work out which of two or more options they should take? Great, then this encounter's for you. Let's get going. Hey, Scott here from VengersDex.com. Hope you're doing okay. Welcome again to Vengers Realm, a tavern like no other, and to the second episode of this new podcast. Every episode, I lay out a cool encounter you can blend into or inspire your game sessions. Once we hit 50 encounters, I'm going to pull them all together into one card deck, and I'm going to give you that deck for free. Before we kick off, I just wanted to thank everyone who's picked up the first episode and shared it around the houses. Starting a podcast in such an amazing but busy community is a really daunting prospect and the amount of feedback and reviews and support I've received since the first was released has been truly humbling. And I hope it hit the mark for you as that's why I'm putting it out there. As I've said before, I ain't the best DM or GM on the planet, but I've been around and hopefully you'll find some value in what I say. A few tips or encounters you can take and inject your players experience with something they'll never forget. So the first encounter in this deck we're building was a fun little scenario about a barbarian selling lemonade. Something that, depending on how you present it and how the players react, can end up being as simple or as complex as you and the players decide. Today, we're going to introduce the second card in this cool new deck, and the premise is one of the oldest, yet often unused tricks in the book. We're going to call this The Survivor. So let's read it out, and as before, we'll then dive into your own game, and see about blending it into that just when your players expect it the least. Okay, so here we are, the second card in the deck, the survivor. The hook, hopefully to reel your players in, is that the party spots what turns out to be the survivor of an encounter with a creature of your choosing. They're distraught, having lost someone close to them. If the party engages with them, they divulge that this creature is connected in some way to the party's goals, perhaps having taken from the survivor a relevant item or having headed off to where the party intends to travel. The survivor makes it clear how monstrous and brutal this creature is, foretelling how powerless they were in its presence, and makes reference to rumours or folklore about the creature's might, of which they are aware. The survivor may not be safe, however, fearing the creature's return or further demands. The dramatic question we have is, how will the party deal with this creature? Turning to the conflict within this encounter, the survivor may seek the party's aid, maybe to get to safety out of the creature's reach, or perhaps to carry out a task left to them by the creature, a task which, if not completed, might lead to the survivor's demise. The party, therefore, may face a decision about whether to aid the survivor, or alternatively, to leave the survivor to meet their own potentially unfortunate destiny, whilst the party moves to follow the creature, which, if left to its own devices, may cause significant harm. The survivor's plight itself might relate to one in the party's backstory, helping muddy the waters and making more complex the decision about whether to aid the survivor or follow the creature. And to resolve this encounter, a decision will be made by the party, and either the creature is left alone to cause havoc, or the survivor is left alone to face whatever needs faced, Whatever decisions made, the party's quest goals also need addressed and furthered, perhaps adding a further layer of complexity about what to do. And the classic twist, of course, is that the survivor is, in fact, a lieutenant of the big bad evil guy or gal, perhaps tasked with 
distracting the party from leaving their boss to its own devices. But don't stop there. What if the lieutenant has had so much taken away from them, so much subjugation, that even though they may have been instructed to slow or obstruct the goals of the party or of anyone else looking to move against their boss, they may have their own motivations of survival that seek to breathe from under that blanket of domination. Okie dokie, so there's the framework of your encounter. If you drew this card during prep, the next step's going to be working it into what else you have planned. Oak. Right, so let's expand this hook a bit. What's going to draw the players into wanting to engage with the encounter? To work through this, you'll need to think about, as before, where the party is now, where it plans to go next. What are the players talking about? What do they appear interested in? What's their big goal? If you're not sure, what's stopping you just asking them? Yeah? I mean, I talk about this a lot, about communication being the most fundamental key to a successful game. About that success not resting only on your shoulders as DM or GM, that you shouldn't be left with guesswork as you try and work out what the players want to spend time on. If you don't know what the players want to do next, if they've not been clear on that, remember that it's just a game. What's the point in tearing your brain to pieces trying to solve that puzzle? What's the point in trying everything until you hit what you think is the sweet spot of satisfaction for each and every player, all at that same time, when all you need to do is ask? Just talk to them. Ask them how they're finding the game so far, where they see it going, what they want out of it short term and down the line. And once you've done that with every player, checking in with them from the session zero and after most sessions, take what you've picked up and only then begin to weave it all together into something that makes sense. And of course, remembering to factor in what will make the game fun for you. So yeah, coming back to your game right now, your next session or one shot, what's the party's big goal? Where are they going? Who or what are they looking for? And what is this creature in the encounter? How can it be connected to what the party's up to? And then think about the survivor. If the survivor has encountered this creature before the party did, what would the creature have done to them? How would the survivor look after being in the creature's presence? How recent has the survivor's encounter been with the creature? What will they be doing when the party first catches sight of them? What information about this creature can the survivor convey to the party? And what can they tell the party about this creature that will freak the hell out of the players? And yeah, how can all this be tied to the party's quest? Knowing this level of detail, or at least having an idea or two about this stuff, will really help you present something that hooks your players into engaging, that gives the party a dramatic question to answer in the encounter, a goal to achieve. So got that nailed? Great. Next, you're going to need some things to get in the way of that goal, to make it more challenging to the party. And this encounter might be just the bill for that. To me, there ain't much more effective an encounter to foreshadow the sheer power of a big bad evil guy, or the sheer size of the task the party faces in the, the quest ahead, than by presenting the party with the after effects of that power. A survivor. Someone who's faced the might of that power and has been left in a heap of desperation. Someone who needs the party's help, whilst being able to convey to the party why going after the guy who left them like this, well, it ain't worth it. So they'd be best just heading back home and taking up a less dangerous life, like one with knitting or painting as the most challenging encounter of the day. See, the thing is, what do you think the players will do when they see such a poor soul, a victim who's lived to tell the tale of a creature like this? 
or of this big evil dude thereafter. Well, there might be exceptions, of course, but pretty much every single time, I reckon you'll find those players thinking, okay, this guy barely survived, but whatever. And taking a look at our guns, we fear nothing. Which direction did you say this thing went? Basically, at a deeper level, you take this approach every single time because you've foreshadowed. You've just given your players who sit there with the character sheets, with all these skills and proficiencies and backstories they've rolled up and are so proud of, and you've presented to them a challenge, a call to action, a conflict to resolve. And this is what the players will lap up pretty much every time they sit at the table. They know it's relevant to what else they're doing, because you've set it up like this. They see here an NPC who's barely survived an encounter with something, and they now have a clearer goal, a dot on the horizon they can journey to in the hope of carrying out something heroic. But wait, this survivor ain't out of the woods. This encounter you're presenting here isn't just about moving on to that dot in the horizon, leaving this poor soul behind and chasing after the big bad creature. Because this poor soul has a problem, and they're about to make this problem a problem of the parties. Conflict. Now, here's where the social conundrum enters and makes things a little more interesting. See, the thing is that the creature has left something for the survivor to do, and the decision the party will need to make is to either follow the creature's tracks and maybe even catch it or stop it from carrying out some more devastating carnage to more innocent souls. You can add more choices into this mix if you like, but in my experience, a simple should I stay or should I go type decision point can be most effective and can strike at the heart of the character's alignments and approach. So this thing the survivor's been left to do, it could be anything. A basic example would be like, there's a fire and the party faces the choice of helping save those inside the burning building or to chase down the fire starter they can see scarpering away into the distance. Or maybe, if the creature is in fact the big bad evil guy or gal, and has a fair amount of intelligence, they could have left the survivor to carry out some task, something which might be impossible to carry out by only one person, something that might fly right in the face of what the party wants to do to complete its own quest, but that if the party doesn't help the survivor, might lead to the survivor's demise, or perhaps even to another tragedy. Or maybe it could simply be the case of the survivor needing healed from something only a certain portion, a potion or person can heal. And of course, the party can only get to this potion or person if it heads in another direction and puts to one side all thought about this creature. But wait, if it does so, the creature will cause untold devastation elsewhere. But wait, if the survivor dies, this is going to make a huge impact in one of the character's story arcs. But wait, what about this creature? I mean, yeah, your players might be like, right, whatever, we're going this way, and cast aside the social conundrum. And you definitely can't force it, despite any work you do to tie things into what else is happening. But it's more about giving it a chance to breathe. If the party doesn't engage much, fair enough you can move on to the next thing. And if they do engage, you've done your job by pushing conflict in their face and by making the players stop and think and talk and maybe even debate about it as though it's the most important thing in the world right now. And that 
That more than anything else is where the real magic lies in this game we play. There are times I've sat there at the table with a fair list of things I think the party's going to get through in this session. Having presented the players with a social conundrum like this, I've sat there watching them debate for more than an hour as their characters about what to do. And for me as DM, it's like one of the most satisfying things to watch. I'll just sit there like I'm eating popcorn to make a decision. Although sometimes if time's marching on and they're beginning to move around in circles in their debate, remember that it's a good point to interrupt them with something to break things up a bit. Particularly something to remind the party that this problem the survivor has, well, if it's not dealt with pretty soon, things are going south. Resolution. So hopefully at some point the party's made a decision about what to do, about whether to help the survivor or whether to leave them behind in the hunt for this creature. This decision effectively ends the encounter, and now you need to lay out the consequences of that decision. They might not feel those consequences immediately, but you need to make sure that at some point, now or later, this big decision they themselves as characters have made will have a real impact on the world around them. So, as an example, if they choose to help the survivor, down the line they might find out that someone innocent has been killed or captured by this creature. Or if they choose to follow this creature, maybe down the line they find out the survivor, having not completed the task left to them by the creature, or having not heaved themselves out of the precarious situation the creature left them in, maybe the survivor's no longer on this mortal coil, and by dint of the party's mere engagement with the survivor, maybe someone saw the party with the survivor before they died or disappeared, and the party is now being hunted, framed for having been at fault, and now those around the party seeks out grim justice. What happens, therefore, to end this encounter will depend entirely on how you've set it up, and so, although how it actually goes down uh, depends on how the players react to what you present, you need to have an idea about resolution. What would happen if the party wasn't there at all? What would happen if the party chooses to help the survivor? What would happen if it didn't? Tie things up tidily like this, and it'll make more sense to the players, presenting it in a nicely wrapped package they can remember more easily and that they can see right now or somewhere down the line that directly because of what they themselves decided to do, this thing happened. Twist. But wait, the classic twist the card mentioned is that the survivor is, in fact, a lieutenant of the creature, of this big bad evil guy or gal, and that this social conundrum has been planned all along to slow the party down, or at least slow down the prospect of anyone following the creature. But the card also adds in a further twist that makes it clear that you shouldn't rule out the survivor themselves over their own motivations. And maybe those motivations extend beyond what the creature or what the big boss wants. Maybe the survivor simply wants nothing to do with this and just wants to go home to their family and will do anything, anything to make that happen. What if the survivor's been scheming against the creature or big boss? And even though being left behind like this was part of the boss's plan, maybe the survivor wants to use this to the advantage. And so there we have it, the second card in our encounter deck. It's a card that can fit into pretty much any system or setting. And all you need to do to blend it in is to think once again about where the party is now, where it plans to go next, what its plans are in the short and long term. I really hope you find a use for it somewhere in your game. So. 
Let me know if you do and share how the players deal with it. And again, if this doesn't fit right away and you need something else, let me know. What other kind of encounter would you like to see for your game? Like what creature, what types of location, what cool dynamic or twist or any other thing would you like to see in this deck or building? I want these encounters to be something that you can use in your game right now. So think about what's coming up soon. What do you need? Let me know at Fingers Decks and we can build it right here. Meantime, as before, this episode and podcast is all over YouTube if you prefer visuals. So please hit subscribe and help spread the word. But also as it's a podcast, you can switch to audio on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts and the usual places you listen to your stuff. And of course, all over my socials at Fingers Decks. I'm still working out the frequency of the episodes. And so although I'm starting with weekly as best I can to build up some momentum, let me know what would work for you. Although the one thing I'd say is that although I'd love to do nothing but this daily, I'm stretching myself pretty thin here and, and there already. So I'm not sure at the moment if I could still squeeze it in every week. And it might end up being fortnightly. I'll do my best, but let me know. As before, I'd like to thank my amazing patrons for helping me bring this podcast to life. So if you'd like to pick up some awesome RPG benefits for supporting my work, head over to patreon.com forward slash decks and take a look around. As I announced in the last episode, as a double-decker patron for just £10 a month, not only are you supporting my work and helping me meet the costs for the website and more, keeping all this going and really pushing me forward, I want to make sure that being a patron gives you real value, actual tools and guidance to help you improve your game as a dungeon master or game master. So aside from all the other benefits I lay out, I'm going to give you as double-deckers or higher access to the digital PDF of this deck we're building as we go. Just like with the exclusive patron uh, quest giver deck we've been building together. And also access to the PDF transcript of each episode. So please, once again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for watching, listening, sharing, liking and subscribing. Watch out for the next episode coming soon. Thanks also for being a part of this and have a great day.